Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. We're here on a, uh, you know, a Christmas. It's not quite Christmas Eve, but it's before Christmas. And we're here in a typically undisclosed location here in Midtown Manhattan, here with uh, my great Jose starting already. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> a role player. Here, here with my. <laughs> with birthday and lounge music. <laughs> here, with, here, here with my. Uh, Co-host and friend, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's happening? Great to see you, Bill. Been a, been a few days since yeah. I've seen you. Yeah, but we you actually... Know, this is, it's definitely our last podcast before Christmas, so it's Christmas Eve. It's the it's Christmas just, Eve podcast. Chris, so this is... We're not... This is actually Christmas Eve. It's like the 20th, right? Yeah, but we we won't be on before before Christmas. Right. So when y'all unless, hear unless this, we need an emergency podcast about something, but I can't, I can't see it. Could happen, man. It could happen. <laughs> the solstice tomorrow. The winter solstice? Thank you, Ozair. <laughs> anyway, we're here with a, uh, uh, we have a great, uh, you know, nice, great special guest, a group of special guests. Uh, on my far left, we have the great Steve Wilson. Uh, Steve, the great musician, uh, alto saxophonist, flutist, pianist, composer, instructor, uh, friend, friend of the show and friend of the show. Most importantly, <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh, and, and, it, and his track leads into the show. The, the track oh, you just right, heard. By the way, yeah, the, the track you just heard uh, was belongs to Steve Wilson. So, Steve, thank you very much for that. Uh, th- great to be here, man, it's, and to be with everybody and uh, celebrating this holiday time and kicking it. So, yeah, what is it? By the way, is that, what's is that? What's the name of that piece? That you you might not know which one it is. I, I put it. <laughs> yeah, <up>. I think <laughs> <laughs> he, gave, he gave me a few tracks. So, you know, I put, I put one. Don't put him on the spot, Bill. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just come up with some. Oh, that was called Winter Solstice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> And then, of course, to my uh, far right, mm-hmm. uh, the great Ozir Muhammad. A long-term, long-time friend and colleague at both uh, Ebony Magazine, where we first met in 1974, mm-hmm. right? And then right. Uh, in Chicago, right? right? In Chicago, at, at, at Johnson Publishing Company, Ebony Magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wild days. That's where we first met. Ebony uh, Ozier is a tremendous photographer. He continued the legacy of Pulitzer Prize-winning photographers. Uh, not at, at Ebony. That was at the new at Newsday. Newsday. That's right. Mm. Oh, was that news? I thought it was at the Times. It was at Newsday. It was at Newsday. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Newsday. And, um, yeah, Bill and I have, uh, we've been through the, uh, what, what do they call it? What did Ross on Roland Kirk call it? The same old riot. Yeah, same old riot. <laughs> 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's stories, man. Yeah, same old riot. And then to my immediate right, the youngest person in this ensemble, mm-hmm. uh, I think, Probably by a by a lot, is a matter. Of no fact. doubt. Well, actually, no, <laughs> not, you, not, not, not not really, not really. Yeah. Jamal, you're in your forties, right? Yeah. Okay. Thirties. Thirties, right? Twenties. I don't know. Actually, we have interesting fifties, mm-hmm. and then 
Who knows? <laughs> I, have, I have a quote. Bill Roden was 22 10 years ago. Okay. That's what he said on the Roden Fellows podcast. So. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Done a lot in those 10 yeah. years, boy. Right. Right, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, to my right is Aaron Matthewson. Hello, everyone. A- Aaron Matthewson. Um, where should I start? That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody got to lean back. (laughs) No, Erin is the, uh, you know, she's my colleague at the Undefeated, where she coordinates uh, the Roden Fellows. You know, she actually runs it. Uh, She also writes for the Undefeated. And she's going to be um, working with me at Arizona State, right? She's going to be, I'm going to start teaching Arizona State next month. And... uh, what are, what are you teaching? Well, the name of the course is uh, the, the Art of the Column, Commentary in the Digital Age. Mm. And I've got two more days to come up with a syllabus. As you guys know, I'm like trying to, well, Bill, you know, we really like to have that syllabus, uh, you know. And uh, I'm like, okay. You know. <laughs> but Aaron is going to also help. Uh, Aaron is going to help um, with a podcast at ASU uh, with, with our friend Ken Sh- uh, Shropshire, yes. who's another friend of the program, yeah. who is the CEO of the Global Sports Institute at Arizona State. Mm. And, uh, and Arizona State has a Cronkite school. So Aaron is going to help Ken develop a podcast. Oh, nice. So that's going to be very, very exciting. So, uh, yeah, so welcome, everybody. I'm glad everybody's here. Happy to be here. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been here drinking port, so hopefully... This show will make some kind of sense, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but there's a, so what do we go? There's a lot of stuff to talk about, right? There's a NFL, Jamal. We, you, know. A, you know, we, it's wherever you want to start. There's NFL. Uh, there's the the Army Navy stuff with the um, oh, the, you know, the white supremacist gesture uh, that they that, say is not what they, they say is not. Of course, uh, right. there's you know James Wiseman. Uh, who left to. Memphis? I mean, where, where do you want to start? You want to do well, NFL? Why don't we start with NFL? All right, the American game. You know, right. but, you know. I mean, to me, you know. So the undefeated has been doing this, this series of stories on the year of the black quarterback. Right. And I started writing about Lamar Jackson last year. The first time he started, when they when they decided that Flacco was not the answer, I started writing these columns about it. So what do y'all think? I mean, can we have? I mean, it's. I've been waiting for this day for a long time because actually at Ebony. I found my first column I wrote, story I wrote for Ebony. It was November 1974, and it was called uh, something like Black Quarterback Stepping Up. Mm. And it was a picture of Joe Gillum mm. and uh, James Harris. Mm. Uh, because that's, that fall, Joe Gillum became the first black quarterback to start the regular season. And I think, uh, uh, start, no, not to start, to start, because he, he started in the preseason. Mm. He beat out Terry Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shaq, that very well. yeah. And then James Harris uh, started a game for the Buff. He started the regular season quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. It was like, I remember it was 1974. I remember Gillum gave me a qu- he, a quote, and he and we talk about uh, is what kind of chances is he gonna get. And he said there are two types of chances. I I, I can't I can't I guess use N word, but it was like such a graphic quote. Mm-hmm. He said there are two kind of chances. There's a chance, and there's a nigga's chance. Right. Because what kind of chance am I gonna get? <laughs> let me let me guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of chance do you get? Hey, well, what are, are y'all excited? I mean, do you think this could be the first year? Hey, do you think this could be the first year we have two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl? And and if there are two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, 
do you finally think this is a year or this begins a year where black people finally take over the last bastion of white supremacy in the NFL, <laughs> which is quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Quarterback, every other don't, position. Don't, for, don't forget owner. Huh? Well, position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, on, on the field, you mean. Right, right, right. On, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I but what I saw. I didn't mean throw water on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know that's going to take a lot. Right. A few more years. Right. Well, <laughs> that, that, that's a good question, though. But, yeah, but do you think that this is going to be the year we get two black quarterbacks? If we get two black quarterbacks, do you think this opens the gate to finally, you know, Africanizing that position like we've done to defense, like we've done to every position on defense? Right. And most positions – on offense, except center, and then the punters and the kickers. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? No, I, th- I think uh, I think there's definitely a chance, um, a good chance that there'll be two uh, black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at the AFC. You have Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. You got Mahomes, uh, Kansas City. Those are my two favorites right there. Of course, you got you got to get by forty two year forty two or forty three year old Brady to get there. But I think it, you know now's the time. On the, on the other side, in the NFC, I, I love Russell Wilson's chances uh, to get there. So I do think there's a very good chance of that, and I and I do think that would that would kind of symbolize or or represent the end of the black quarterback discussion as we know it. Because I I actually feel like this year has been, I mean, there's just, there's there's too many of them to to really at this point uh, to really. You know, talk about it in the same in the same way in the same way in terms of the numbers. Of course, you can talk about their treatment. Right. Uh, yes, they they aren't they're not treated the same, but they probably that probably will never change. What do you mean in terms of, of the, you know in terms of the in terms of uh, how they're evaluated, mm-hmm. how they're talked about in the media? I mean, that's not going to change. Um, that's just that's just pure, you know, race racism and race issues. Right. Um, right. You know. You know. I mean, they're. They're going to be talked about a certain way, just like the rest of us are in any other profession. Right. So I don't think that changes. But the numbers themselves and being surprised that there's a black quarterback in, you know, on, a, on a, any given team, I think that's almost done. Mm. You know, then somebody was saying, why has this quarterback thing been like if you look every other sport, baseball, you know, even hockey has some black players. But why has this one position quarterback been so resistant? To change, and it occurred to me that that's because uh, the quarterback position represents everything black people are not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be you know uh, intelligent, courageous, grace under pressure, the field general, mm-hmm. leadership. You know, with all the things that black people, particularly black men, are not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's those are all the qualities invested in quarterback. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like to, to, if you listen to I listen to the. Uh, uh, commentators a lot of times on Sunday, mm-hmm. and they're describing them as there's a white quarterback, and I realize you know these and they're mostly white commentators that they, they talk about themselves. <laughs> really, they are there. Well, you know, uh, you know Brady is this, uh, you know this. God, jeez, I mean, how can you be him? And and you know, man, and, and Breeze, oh God, you know, Breeze is just how can you do? And that you know, for them to have to talk about a black man like that mm-hmm. in this country, you know, to talk about Russell Will, whatever, like. And with Russell, they give him some cut, but it, it's it's not it's kind of like a stepchild. They don't talk to him like, yeah, damn Russell will. I mean, Russell, there's there's a there's a certain language right. of familiarity. Like I could have dinner with this cat, we could go drinking, or or we're golfing tomorrow, or I'm taking him to the country club. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. And we're going over his his kids or visiting my kids. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and when you when they're talking about the quarterback, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And for them to have to talk about black men like that, like Lamar, mm-hmm. like that, I just think that that's, that almost will break. If they have to do that, I mean, it's, I don't know. To me, that's why it's been such a hard, you know, just such a hard nut to crack, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it would be great if they're two black. Yeah, are you, you know, you started off by talking about, you know, you've been covering this for, since 1974, the issue. Uh, are you surprised now that you're still covering it? No, because that's racism. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm more stunned that this thing has kind of seemed like it's come overnight. But it's only because... You know, it's about winning. It's about numbers. Right. So uh, I got a question for Steve before I forget. I'm on this tangent. I want to talk to me. I saw you at the Vanguard Mm -hmm. uh, last week. Uh, And (laughs) uh, 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 Kristen made a funny comment about it has been a really interesting week. Uh, with what is it? The music and the and the comps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the guest list. And the guest list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was feeling a little nervous, but <laughs> but no. But my question, I mean, this had nothing to do. I know we're talking about black quarterbacks, but I was curious. So you know, we all decide what set do we want to go see. Like, there's a band yeah. that they're group in town. They're gonna yeah. be there for four days. So when it, so you you guys are human, just like you know everybody else. So should should people typically go early for the first night in the first week or wait for the fourth day of the last set when fatigue is set in? I mean, what what typically, how does that work? No, I, my opinion is I think you should, the later in the week you go, the better. Because especially if it's a week run, like a five-night run, and it's not many clubs, by the way, there's not many clubs left that do five-night runs or six-night runs. Um, the Vanguard and um, Birdland are probably the last of the two New York clubs that do that. Uh, Jazz Standard does a four-night run. Mm-hmm. But with that said, the later in the week you see it, the, the better, because the, the, music, the musicians and the music has had a chance to percolate and, and mm-hmm. to develop a chemistry. And you know, the first night, I mean, will usually be good, if not great. Um, probably great by New York standards, for sure. And just by the love of the, the music and musicians you're going to hear. But if you really want to hear the band get to some stuff, usually that last night, particularly Sunday at the Vanguard is always special. Mm. And so I'm glad that you guys came on the last set of the last night of the event because that's the most special night of the week. Mm. Because, one, the band has been cooking all week. Right. Um, there's something about the Sunday night crowds that yeah. come out, and the musicians come out on Sunday night. Mm. So your fellow musicians come out. Mm. So and and the real music lovers will come out. Mm. You know, so there's something extra special in the room. So I say in general, if you come out later in the week, that's the best time to go. Ah, that was a great set, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Remember that, kids. <laughs> but that was a great set. Uh, thanks. Well, we, we had a ball all week, as you yeah. know, with McBride. Every night is is, is amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you guys had been uh, together that that long. I mean, that, yeah. that, your group. I didn't realize you guys had been together that long. Yeah, twelve years. It goes by fast. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, good. Now back to quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Question for you and Jamal: Do you see the Heisman Trophy winner or the kind of the trophy class as kind of a? litmus test or indicator of how people are feeling about 
racing quarterbacks at all. Like, I know people got excited because there was Tua and, and Kyler Murray last year and Dwayne Haskins. This year it was Joe Burrow. The other two were black. I don't, no, but I didn't really hear anything about it. It was Kyler. Yeah, what, what, what do y'all think about that? Yeah, what do y'all think? Yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I never – yeah, I don't – I mean, I used to, I think. I, I think I used to look at it like that when um, – I don't know how many years ago – you know, probably 15 years ago, 10 years ago, when it was rare for right. a black quarterback to be, you know, to be up for the Heisman or win the Heisman. But now, you know, college football is actually ahead of the ahead of the game in terms of black quarterbacks. You know, they they they, they they've been using black quarterbacks for you know way before the NFL right. got used to it. Like basically the last couple of years. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean now I just look at it like you know who's having the best season. I don't even look at it, you know. Race, you know, uh, you know, in a racial perspective at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kid, the kid from LSU, uh, you know, had a great year. Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, uh, and last year was Kyler Murray. So, you know, but do you think he had a better year? I mean, think about it. You know, unlike I mean, I think about racism all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm always thinking, yeah, we talk a lot about black quarterbacks, and there's a yin and a yang. So just like we're talking about black quarterbacks and all of us, there's some people who are like saying, fuck that. You know, there are always some people in this country, whether it's out front or under the or behind the scenes, who are monitoring it just like we're monitoring it. And they see all this explosion of, you know, they're always aware of black people taking over. You know, mm-hmm. black people taking, how they take it over quarterback. <laughs> and now, you know, you have, so to me, you have Joe Burrow, and I said, of course he's going to win the Heisman Trophy, you know, because they always need this white hero, this white hope. Now you're saying the guy's really good; he's better than everybody. Was he better than? Well, the team, and he also was on a you know undefeated team. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just country. I'm making you prove it. Though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, yeah, I, I hear what you're was saying. He better, but was he better than the kid? I mean, think of the kid in Oklahoma. Now the kid, I mean, think of that story. Right. The kid um, was um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, who's the stud at Alabama. He's the man at Alabama. Then Nick Saban benches him of halftime, at halftime of the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Puts in this other kid, right? right. And basically kicks what's in there to the side. Jalen Hurts, right. who's been his, kicks him to the side. Jalen does a good job, comes back next year to hold the clipboard. Then he transfers to Oklahoma, leads them damn near to the, you know, damn near to the Final Four. Right. And is a, and is a, and as a finalist for the Heisman. Right. So to me, it almost comes like, you know, you leave somebody for dead, right? You know, in the Western, where you leave somebody for dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a, it's a. Yeah, uh, defend yourself. Joel. It's an equal, I'm not saying it's a truly equal playing field or anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's, hap- you know, it's happened in the past. It, in, you know, for the past, what, 15, 20 years, black quarterbacks have won the Heisman. So I think, I th- I think, you know, the, there's not that huge hurdle you have you have to get over. But I'm not saying it's, a, it's an equal playing field. Of course, that that Burrow story might be more appealing to to most of the voters than the Hurt story. So yeah, I still what, I still what's, what's I, Burrow's, I do. What's Burrow's story? Yeah, so what's um, his story? He's his, poor, he, right? He, 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 he came out of nowhere. He also transferred. Yeah, he transferred. He transferred from Ohio State. From two or three places, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
but from Ohio yeah. State. So two or three plays. So now Steve Davis, a black guy, trying two or three plays. He's a trouble. He, he's trouble. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> he's a troublemaker. That, that's true. I mean, yeah, all that all that stuff still exists. I'm not saying I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm just saying, and, and it probably is the case that it's still. I mean, just like any other profession, any other situation, even in the NFL with with Lamar Jackson, um, he's not just barely the MVP. You know, I mean, he's. People are saying oh, he's the MVP because it's because it's not even close. Mm. You know, now if it were close, would they give it to somebody else? Who knows? But then they have to give you know? it to. But but we've you know if you're if you're if you're twice as good, right. you know that's how we've always been taught, right? If you're twice if you're twice as good, you have a shot, right? You know? right. Well, okay. So Joe Burrow, okay, we'll give him his. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, I do I did appreciate that after he made his speech, there like it got thousands of dollars to a um, a food pantry or something in his hometown. Like, that's nice. I'll chime in on this a little bit because <laughs> I, you know, Isles and uh, Nabate and Isles, you know, we, we go back and forth on it. And I thought midseason, to me, I thought the two guys, the lead guys were, um, were, were Burroughs and, and Jalen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought at, at one point it was a toss up. I, to me, Burrow, uh, he kind of moved ahead as the team moved ahead and just watched, especially when they beat Alabama. Right. Because he destroyed Alabama. Right. And I thought at that point, well, that's it. Because right. he just destroyed them. Right. It, and on the, you know, I mean, it just like, okay, mm-hmm. it was over. So, and it, but, I, but I watched him all during the season, and Jalen too. And I, I agree with you. Jalen is an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And, and let's not forget, before he transferred, remember he, in, that, in the playoff game, uh, Saban put him back in. And he almost brought them back, right. you know, right. and then he transferred the following, you know, that year. But he had an incredible season, and there's no question. So I think, to me, those are still the two top, you know, the, the, the front runners, you know. So who do you think is going to – who do you think is going to get drafted number one? Oh, Burroughs, no question. Mm-hmm. No, there's no question about that. See, then you got the kid down Clemson. Oh, but he's, he's – I don't think he's no, eligible. No, he's not eligible yet. yet. Yeah. But, what I'm, but I'm saying you got the kid at Clemson. Right. Yeah, he'll, he'll I, win it next year. Don't worry, Bill. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Zia, you've been mighty quiet over there. I mean, what's going on, my brother? Yeah. So, Zia Muhammad. You know what? I, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't followed college sports in I don't know how long. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Hardly the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I usually wait until it's real cold outside before I start paying attention to Football. Mm. So be right about now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right about now. Right. Right. Twenty degrees outside now. I just right. found about Bur- out about Burroughs uh, yesterday when I was uh, scanning the uh, sports section to see how my man. Uh, he's talking about black quarterbacks. My man Drew Drew Blitz Blitzky. Well, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Oh, the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Man. The What's Bears. Going on there? I was going to bring that up. Last man, year, what, was they, what you think? What were they? 13 and three. Man, I don't, I don't even see. See, Ozier is a true Chicagoan. <laughs> like he really cares about. It. And my brother, who lives in Germany, that's first he'll call. Man, what the best is going on there? That's what I, nothing. I nothing's going on. <laughs> nothing's going on. So what? What, did, what do you think? Of, what did you think about the Bears right now? Well, I think that they're they, they're still in the um, the running because uh, most of the NFC, I think. Either you're eleven and three like the Packers and uh, who else? Seattle. See, yeah, yeah. You're eleven and three. Everybody else is seven and seven. So <laughs> right. hey, you know, mm-hmm. the Bears have a chance. <laughs> mm. now, now, what do you what do you think about Trubisky? 
I think he's, uh, uh, you know, finally um, the white quarterbacks have learned something from black quarterbacks, and that is scramble. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Throw on the scrambles, you know. Which is we, we've and talked about that. Now, now, it's, now it's, it's it's a reverse trend, you know. Right. And that yeah. is before the pocket quarterback was was glorified, you right. know. The guy who stood in the pocket and just took all the punishment and, and uh, you know, it's almost as if it was a Spartacus moment. Right. 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 Like Valor and. Right. 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 That was a manly thing to do. Right. You know? Right. Is right. to have your head, you know, <laughs> ripped off. Right. 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 But. Um, right. Stay, take the hit. Right. Take, take the, the hit. Right. You got to stand right. in there. Right. Right. <laughs> And the trend, you know, the you know African American quarterbacks were thought if you if you ran out the pocket, it was as if the play has broken down and, and right. they just out there running around. That's right. desperate measures that's what, being taken. That's because black people know what it's like to take a hit. That's right. You know, we know we know about hits. We ain't trying to take <laughs> we hits. Ain't, we ain't taking a hit. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are we see the hits coming. We see know? those coming. All right, they're, they're unorganized. Right. You know, African Americans are right. unorganized. Right. You know, that's why they're constantly scrambling out the pocket. Playground or sounds smart to. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but 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 that's it's it's almost mm. what's logical when we do it is made to be seen like you just lost your mind. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now, but now, you know, the thing now is glorified. Now, no, no right. when when these quarterbacks are drafted, they are they're expected to be versatile. Right. To 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 you know, in in, in the moment of of uh, when the play breaks down, mm-hmm. to just. To, to, to come up with something else, come up with an option. Right. And usually that means, you know, being very athletic, <laughs> right, you know, right. well, having extraordinary athleticism besides mm-hmm. smarts. Right. And, um, you know, maneuver around the field uh, and, and find an open man. Well, well, you know, and the reason I asked you about Trubisky, and because and, uh, mm-hmm. Brother Isles knows I was on a soapbox about this. You guys remember when uh, Deshaun Watson, when he was at Clemson, now he was he was by far the best quarterback mm. in college that year, and all the prognosticators, all the pundits said said so, until Mel Kiper. Mm. Here comes Trubisky, who who was a, I think a junior, had played like maybe half the season, started at North Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Didn't have anywhere near the numbers that Deshaun and and granted Deshaun also won the championship that right. year, beating right. Alabama. So. So who goes before Watson in the draft? So to your point, so and and he hadn't really proven he had had no body of work, and yet he was projected because of you know the, these guys at the draft and the combines. And they said, well, you know, he's he's the prototype, right? Right. You know, he's the, he's the right. Statue of Liberty. He's going to stand in there and he's going to you know. <laughs> and here's this Sean man who had this amazing body of work, could do it all, could pass, could run, could take a hit. Because you remember, man, they beat him up in that Alabama game, right. and he still beat him. But who was the guy? Trubisky. Now it's interesting because he's still having to prove himself right. in Chicago. Right. So the jury's still out on him. Right, he's jury's had, way he's out up on and him. down. Yeah. So, you know, just when it looks like he's going to be the guy he thought he was, then he starts making all these bad decisions. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish him well because, you know, I, and the reason I love the Bears is because I love Tyreek Cohen, who played mm. at A&T. Right. Um, right. But, you know, it'll be interesting to watch, you know. So I hope, I hope and I want to see the Bears 
you know, because I love the, the infamous 85, 86 Bears. That was an incredible yeah, yeah, team. Incredible. So I want to see him come back. Yeah, not me. This is off script, but how did a brother get the name Cohen? What? Tariq Cohen. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. Hey, you know, we know the history there. Yeah. I mean, how did... Is he adopted? He might be adopted. No. No. no, no, no. <laughs> I was here. No. I'm asking, like, I'm taking this. Somebody else's name is... Um, the Flash. The Flash 400 years I mean, ago. Somebody's got like an Irish name. I mean, I mean, how do we all get, how do yeah. I get Roden? I, mean, I get, I'm Murphy, so. <laughs> yeah, Murphy. White people Murphy? see me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do we all, you know, I mean, you know, am I Roden? I mean, no. I mean, it's, you know. it's America. Yeah, it's America. <laughs> you know. But the, the getting back to the to the Trubisky. So Trubisky, like you said, went number two in the draft. Um, Watson, 12, mm-hmm. I think. Um and then it hap- you, something similar happened th- uh, last year's draft with uh, the Giants, where Daniel Jones so passed, came out of nowhere. Uh, one. Yeah. And you had Haskins at, at Ohio State, who who's started off slow this year, but it looks good recently. Haskins yeah, yeah. looked because good he's for, finally the, getting a to for play. Washington recently. Um, but, you know, at Ohio State, he was lights out Absolutely. at Ohio State. And he was a big, he's a big guy. And, 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 he was, and what, he, like 6'3", six, 6'4". And a pocket, uh, passer. pocket passer, pocket passer. Not you know he could he could run a little bit, but, right. but but you know he's a pocket passer, a rifle arm. Great arm, that's right. And let me tell, if he was a white quarterback, would he have not been number oh, one please. pick? Please, like he was the prototypical. Absolutely. If he were white, he was a prototypical number one pick. He's like a At, Peyton Manning type, and had the body of work. Right, had the body of work. So it's so it's funny now. What? But in the same draft, of course, Kylo Murray goes first. Right. Because, you know, he can run. So it's almost like now, <laughs> if you can't run, yeah, right. and you, especially if you're black and you can't run, it's right. going right. to drop you a few slots. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny, you know, go from like James Harris, who, you know, like 1969, Eddie Robinson would not let him. He said, when you go, when you go try out, don't run. Because Shaq was a really good athlete, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But he said, don't run. Don't, you know, right. don't, do, don't do anything that will show your athleticism. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. That was it. And now, you know, fit. What is it? Forty, fifty years later, forty years later, fifty years later. I can't. Yeah, right. and, now, that, and now that was because position. that was because of what happened to Marlon Briscoe. Yeah, you know, same thing. Yeah, he, he, he was athletic, and even though when they when he did start and won games, it was it was nothing but racism. Then. Oh, he, yeah, and that was in fact. Right, yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, uh, I was in Buffalo last Friday, and I wrote. I talked to Marlon. Mm. I talked tomorrow, and I did a whole column about it. Page fifty-four last uh, last month, uh, last week. Uh, but but, but um, he, you know, you look at it. He's five ten, one seventy-five. Mm. R- ran very athletic, and again, you know, and I guess how, how do you? I guess my thing is, and it's like for for uh, our ancestors, it's sort of like, you know, how would you feel if you're a guy like Marlon Briscoe, who if mm. today he would be right on time, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. and, and, and it'd be like uh, uh, Eldridge Dickey, you know, guy who at, at 68 became the first black quarterback to be drafted on the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eldridge Dickey, his nickname was the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Lord's Prayer, and he played at Tennessee State, mm-hmm. and this cat was ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. He threw with the left and right hand. Wow, <laughs> wow. No, he was ambidextrous. He, he was their uh, punter. Field goal kicker and the Oakland Raiders drafted him one and drafted Ken Stabler two. Wow! And he actually beat Stabler out. Stabler left camp to go back to Alabama. Yes, 
And and Davis basically was saying, told Dickie, well, you know, listen, if you if you switch to wide receiver, mm-hmm. I'll someone will take care of you. Nigga, go deep. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Semi tough. There, there it is. And he never and and, and he used to say it, Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah, That was uh, brothers come out of college, you know. Uh, you know, great quarterbacks, winning all kinds of games in the Negro League. <laughs> Right. From college football. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. As soon as they get drafted in the NFL. Right. Switch positions. Right. They can go deep. Right. <laughs> well, look, they were even talking about, uh, you know, uh, um, Jackson. Right. A wide receiver. Yeah. 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 I mean, so yeah. this is still, we're still, it's still the same old. Same you think, old. So, I mean, so the next, after this Lamar, because you're right. I mean, they talked about it a lot about right. about Lamar Jackson switching, mm-hmm. switching, uh, Positions and being a wide receiver or whatever. Right, and even this um, year you had scouts saying they were wrong. The next, about it. The, right. let me ask you, the next guy who co- is in college and just run, you know, running for hundreds of yards and co- you know per game in college, and you know um, doing all the stuff that Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick does. The next guy, let's say three, four years from now, mm-hmm. are they going to tell? Are they going to say the same thing? Yeah, it'll be interesting, won't it? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Well, you know, yeah. the, the, the funny thing, and this has to do with what you're talking about, of blacks getting into positions of power and control. Because Ozzie Newsom, who is the architect of the Ravens, right. you know, he drafted Lamar. That's right. And so I was telling about, yeah, people said that, you know, wide receivers said, well, you know, yeah, he'd make a hell of a wide receiver. <laughs> right. But he's a quarterback. See, right. and that's the difference. You have a, you have a, a black man who's in that position of power. Say, well, yeah, you would, but... You're a quarterback. Right. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna do what somebody else might may have done. Was it no? Because as an example, like because Ozzie was a was a quarterback. He was a quarterback growing up in Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was a tight end in the league. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he said he saw early on. He said that's not the path. Right. For us, but to me, you know, you have black people in positions of power in any field, and you know, I guess their job is to give you the benefit of the doubt, give other black people. The benefit of the doubt. Mm. So that's what happened to. Uh, well, even I remember uh, Bobby Bowden mm. at, at Florida State when he was at Florida State, and I think it was Warwick. It was like you know it was Warwick, or he was. I think it was when they were playing against Vic. Mm. And, they, and Warwick, it, no, Peter well, no, Warwick. Peter, Peter Warwick, Warwick. Yeah, Peter Warwick. And uh, Warwick. the wide receiver for Florida State Warwick. at the time. Mm. And I remember they were asking him about Vic, and he was like, "And this, you know, that's that long ago." And he was saying, "You know, nowadays you just want to put we want to put the best player." At quarterback, you want right. the best player on the team to have the ball all the time. Right. You know, it gives, it gives you an advantage. He was like, he was like, Vic having Vic at quarterback is like if we put Peter Warwick uh, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what. It, so college, they kind of got it first, or in high school, really. You know, right. you put your best athlete player, period, in the position where he's touching the ball the most. Right. And then, right. and then finally, the NFL is caught up. Right. And, and you know, NFL is more, you know, the ultimate business. So they were the slowest, and because they have fans to worry about, racist fans and and, st- and stuff like that. But like you said, now all of a sudden, you, when when you say it's about winning, sort of, right? It's about winning to a certain extent. To a, to because because you know we could go back to Kaepernick. If it was all about winning, he'd be on a team too. Right. right. Well, I have a question for you guys. So what did you in 2013? You also saw about seven quarterbacks, seven black quarterbacks. Your Cam, Geno Smith, Michael Vick bunch of people um were you calling that the year of the black quarterback was there this much hullabaloo about that as well yeah i, th- I 
I, I think so, because I was going back and looking at headlines. And I know there are points where each time, and I probably did it too, the, ah, this is it. <laughs> now, yeah, ah, this is it. We've got this critical man. Ah, this is it. Mm-hmm. But each time, something happened. Right. You know, there, there was, it, would never, it never quite took, because there was still this whole thing, whether it was Cam, you know, there's always, with Vic, it was, you know, but I think what's, what, what's happening now is that people are actually designing, they're letting them be free. They're designing offenses now. Right. They're not trying to construct. Around. They're not trying to say, wait a minute, we, we're going to try to fit you this round thing in the square hole. No, mm-hmm. we're now like, like, they, like, like what's the name doing in Baltimore? He said, wait a minute, we're going to design our offense around you. That's right. This is what you do. That's right. And you run, you, and it's like, and he's kind of like fucking everybody up. They, Damn, you know, you know. So I think it'd be more like that. But I'm just, I guess my thing, though, is you can never relax in this country. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, the rise, fall, and redemption of the black athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. So, um, anybody excited about the NBA? Um, I guess we have two things to cover. The NBA, but Jamal, you want, do you want to talk about this Navy thing? I'm not quite sure on what happened at the Naval Academy. Yeah, so... What was it last week? Last weekend, last the the arm the Army Navy game, you know, every year they, you know, that's a huge game. Mm. Uh, ESPN covered it. Uh, so I forget who it was, but ESPN did a spot where um, they have their announcer in the middle of the cadets, and while he's, you know, saying whatever he's saying, the cadets are are making these upside down, uh, okay signs gestures with their hands and, fing- and fingers, um, which anti-hate groups have, have, have uh, classified as hate speech or a, a, or a hate gesture or a hate signal. Um, but it's also known you know, by some people as a, as a game that, that mm. kids play where you know, they, if, you, if you put it below your waist and someone sees it, they punch you in the arm or something. I never... I was never privy to that mm. game growing up, so I don't Me know. I've never heard of that game, honestly. Cool. But they call it the circle game, right? Um, so, but but it's been, you know, it's it's been used by, uh, you know, white supremacy groups, white supremacist groups, um, you know, as a, as a signal of hate, and they flashed it in different places. Uh, uh, you know, some some Nazi, some Nazis who've been in who've been you know, arrested in the past, have, have flashed it to, to media and all mm. that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, you know, some people definitely use it as, as a white supremacy signal, mm. right? And it's also been linked to um, Stephen Miller, mm. uh, you know, who works, mm. who works in the White House. Right, right. Um, right. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, you know, these white cadets were, were flashing signs, laughing and stuff. 
Um, and, you know, people, on, people saw it, and, it, and it on Twitter it kind of blew up where, you know, people were questioning it, like, what's, what's going on here? Um, so it became, it became a story. USA Today picked it up, wrote a story about it saying that, you know, it, you know that many believe there was a, it was a white supremacy uh, signal, um, you know, a few other outlets. And the, the Naval Academy said that they would do an investigation, mm-hmm. right? And that was a week ago. So now... Today, and we're, we're recording on a Friday, it's Friday about you know, 7 p.m. here, mm-hmm. 7 something. Um, just a couple hours ago, the Navy came out and said that they finished their investigation and they have found that it was not being used in any mm-hmm. racist manner. It was just being, it was just the circle game, these kids acting up, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll discipline them for that, mm-hmm. for, you know, acting immature, but they, after their extensive investigation with which they supposedly used FBI and whatever they found out they've they've concluded that it was not racist mm. um you know i mean you know i hope that's true right. i hope right but i'm not for some reason i'm not buying it mm. you know i mean even let's say even if it was the circle game these, these are not these are not 10 12 right. year old kids right these are 20 you know 20 plus year old guys who i'm sure have to know that it's also being you if if it was if they weren't using it in that fashion they they had to know that some people are right okay or they should know that right. that some people are so you know i'm not, i'm not buying it and also you know i flip it around let's say if it were a situation where a black where black kids were were using some kind of ge- gesture that was threatening to white society you cannot tell me that there would not be an overreaction and, and there would be over-enforcement of it. Right. You know? I mean, we, we, I mean we've seen it. Well, remember, remember Paul Pierce, when he was playing, remember he did, like, some a gang gesture. Right. And the NBA, right. like, fined him and right. chastised him right. for, like, a gang right. sign. And, of course, the classic— Whether he, whether he meant it or not as a gang, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. When, it, when, it's, when it's us— if it, whatever the perception is, right. that's that's it's, it's going down based right. on that. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Who won, by the way? Who won what? The um, army? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Navy. Navy. Navy was ranked, Navy, right? Navy killed. Navy was actually ranked, and they won. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but I guess I guess we deal with these news stories every day, and we're like stunned. And why should we continue to be stunned by this stuff? I mean, yeah. I mean, we live constantly in the. In the uh, in the ether or the whatever of racism, I mean, it's like whether we talk about quarterback or whether we're talking about, you know, I don't know if there's a parallel in the music. But I, I was actually talking about somebody uh, at, at the Vanguard, and I guess I always pay because you know when I wrote about the music at the Baltimore Sun, I took the same thing about power and control. Mm-hmm. Like you know, black musicians create all this music, but who owns the clubs? Uh, who owns the means of distribution? Mm-hmm. Who are the critics? You know, it's, it's, it's almost the same thing flipped over. Mm-hmm. The power structure is different. You got all these creative musicians, you know, but the control mm-hmm. is basically, you know, uh, from your distribution to who owns most of the jazz festivals, mm-hmm. who con- who controls all this music. That's right. You know, and it's, it's and so, you know, I go to the Vanguard, of course, there's a white guy out there, the one who's making sure you're on the guest list. Oh, and I'm, you know... And I'm like, man, what does shit ever stop, man? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like every every level. So, 
You know, you're right. You're right. So we talk about black quarterbacks. That's fine, but you're right. Who, you know, who are the coaches? You know, we have what like now two black coaches, right? In 2019, right? You know, and forget the executive suite. Yeah, I think there's one African American general manager. Mm. You know, so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was telling some guys, some athletes. You know, I mean, it's nice to kneel and all that, but. You should also take care of your own industry. Desegregate your own industry. Right. It's nice to be all broad, but why don't you look at your organization and say, y'all got to get some black folks up here. You know, use your clout to do that. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Now, absolutely. on to the NBA. NBA. <laughs> NBA. Uh, Christmas. The Christmas game's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we're almost at that, you know, kind of almost the, the pseudo halfway point. Or at least the point where people start paying attention to the NBA around right. Christmas, mm-hmm. right. and you got the Lakers. Uh, tw- I think they're twenty-four and five, uh, and you got Milwaukee, who's twenty-five and four. Just crushed them last night. Those are the two. Mm-hmm. Those two teams are kind of running away with things. I mean, somewhat running for now, for now running <laughs> right. away in terms of like three, four games ahead right. of the next best teams. Um, but obviously, the Lakers doing a little better than people thought. Um, you know, people thought, oh, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron, of course they're going to be, uh, they're going to be formidable, mm-hmm. but will they put it together right away? And they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they're three and a half, four games ahead of the Clippers, who are the next best team in the West. Um, LeBron, about, what, 35 now, 34, 35? Mm-hmm. He'll, be, he'll be 35 at the end of this month. Right. So him and Anthony Davis, they don't have much else. Besides that, can can the Lakers and LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, keep this pace for the rest of the season and, and win a championship? Can the Lakers get it done? I, I think it's a distinct possibility if they can stay healthy. Uh, and, of course, with all of the talk now about what do they call it? When they, oh, load management? Load management. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, well, load I, management. Oh, man, which I had a good laugh in that when I heard that term. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I'm an old school guy. Right. You know, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, really? We weren't talking about load management when Dr. J was playing and when Michael J. Give me a break. You're getting paid how many millions of dollars? Get your behind out there. Because the fans are paying God knows, like, ungodly prices to come see you play. You got, I'm sorry, you got to get out there and play. Even Knicks tickets are, well, I don't know. What are they? I haven't been to Knicks <laughs> games so long. They're expensive. They're, they're but, expensive. I, I, yeah, they're still. I, I, have, I have friends who, who have season tickets for the Knicks, and they can't give them away. But right. to the point, like, this load management thing is a crock. But anyway, if they can stay healthy, um, they can do it. I think they can do it. I mean, I, right now, I guess you want to say odds on favorites. Okay, yeah, you can go with that. But it's a long season. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and there may be some teams that will come up after the All-Star break. I mean, it's, it's just we're, we're still early on, so I don't know. But, but – you know. But isn't there something to be said? Excuse me, could you pass the caramel corn, please? And the port Jamal that you got. The, uh, the, I, but, thought, I thought this was mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, but 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 you know, I mean, you talk about. I know this is going to show up on the uh, in the in the in the. Uh, thing. But isn't there? That's good. Isn't there? But isn't there something to be said? Load management. Let's let's flip it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like maybe if Doctor J and them had have had loads, man, his knees wouldn't have like blown out. He wouldn't have had arthritis all. I mean, 
You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Larry Bird needed a load, man. Yeah, load. Larry Bird needed a load. His back. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even walk. I mean, you know. Well, you gotta, so I mean, that, you know, I mean. So I, I get what you're saying, but is, yeah. is there something to be said? And also, I'm I'm watching the game. Uh, what was it last night? Uh, Milwaukee and the, and the Lakers played last night. Milwaukee wins. Uh, you know, pr- pretty much they were up the whole game. And I'm looking at LeBron, and I'm like, I think he needs some load management. I mean, why are you trying to win every game right now? The Clippers, the Clippers who were four games behind uh, the Lakers, you know, Kawhi doesn't play back-to-backs. You know, he did the same thing last year, and it, and it worked out, right? Mm-hmm. When it came playoffs, he, he made it through the playoffs, even though barely, because mm-hmm. he was limping at the end of the playoffs. Right, right. But, you know, he made it through that. So I think, I think the Clippers are doing it the right way. Right. You know, we're fine. You know, we're, we're a couple games behind. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Lakers seem like they're trying to win every game. Right. And they're trying to have the best record in right. in the, in the regular season, but I'm looking at LeBron last night. He didn't look like he had too much energy, hmm. you know. Right. Well, I mean, but he's 35. Right. You know. So, so, he, so low, I could, low I, manage. I, could, I in his case, I I could see it. Right. I mean, within within reason, of course. Right. Um, but I think this whole thing about well, I and I get about Kawhi took a beating, and he has real beating. injuries. Right. So I I get that. I think where where it's where you have a player that has real concerns, but not just for the sake of, well, we're resting the night. I mean, come on, right. this isn't baseball. Would you ever, as, you know? as a musician, would you ever, would, would there ever be a night if you had, like, you stand, would you, would you want to do load magic? I mean, I know that's not an option. That's not <laughs> yeah, an option. Right. Well, it's not an option. <laughs> you know. Uh, no, but, but uh, in our case, we learn to pace ourselves. So maybe in the course of a game, let's say LeBron is playing, and if, okay, so if they're up by 20 points, is there, you know, in the fourth quarter, right. is there a reason for him to be in the game? And I, I saw, I see this happen in football too, because you mentioned Lamar, and, and, and I think there were a couple of games where you're like, hey, man, it's fourth quarter. You can take him out now. Right. I mean, it's obviously you're going to win. If you're up by 20, by three touchdowns or four touchdowns, okay, you know, <clears throat> you got 11 minutes left in the quarter. Do we really need, you know, right. so, yeah. So, so, anyway, I think within reason it's cool. But for it to become a thing now, I'm like, uh, I'm not totally buying it. So I'll be down to AAU now. Well, yeah, that's AAU what I was going to say. Load management now. I mean, people are getting injured left and right. I mean, Cole, Cole Anthony, who, yep. who, who, you know, friend, her, his mother's a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, he just he just went out with, uh, you know, what, four to six weeks with um, a, meni- a meni- meniscus. Yeah. I think it was a meniscus tear. Um, you know, a lot of kids in college are getting hurt now because – and people think it's AAU and, and the culture of playing well, they, all year round from like age ten. Yeah, they did a thing on the real sport about that. Right, and it's, and it's crazy. Right, it's so, real. You know, and, and and also the fact that people, the kids are specializing in one sport now so early, like right. 10, 10, 11, 12. Whereas before, you know, when I was growing up, we played. You played multiple sports, right. even if you know basketball may have been my sport, but I played. I still played football and baseball mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But kids aren't doing that now. Right. And, then, and I guess you're not, you don't develop all your, the theory is you don't, you're not developing all these other muscles that you would use in other sports that would prevent you from, right. from you know, mm-hmm. getting an injury. Mm-hmm. I kind of see the load management conversation in terms of like when people, like mental health days, right? Like right. I don't know when that became a thing, but I think it's a good thing. I think there are some days where, yes, I'm physically healthy enough to go to work, but I'm, my head is a mess. I just need to like take a moment and I'll be a better employee when I come right. back. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I think exercise science is evolving. Um, 
And I think, you know, yes, we're looking at some of the best athletes in the world, but that they're still human. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I actually think maybe fans are going to have to uh, get over it or kind of reframe expectations. Like, I, I think sometimes people do need to rest, like, especially if you want them to win. Right. And I think if, you know, because I, th- I think the biggest argument I hear is, oh, well, this kid bought this really expensive ticket to come see me and I wasn't there. That is absolutely disappointing. But, like, it's also my body. This is how I make money, and I want to be ready for the playoffs. So can, can, you, can you understand that? All right. How many times have you gone to the opera and they'll say, oh, um, tonight, um, you know, Monsieur So-and-so-and-so will not – Seeing her part, yeah, her right. understudy, right. and, and suddenly uh, yeah, right. he grumble, grumble, grumble. Right. But you know they don't say she's taking load management. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's just can we just say that load management is such a masculine term? Like, yeah, I never thought about that. Yes, I, well, I think about. It, I'm like it. To, it's to be very phallic, and I think it's yeah. I totally think it's it's for men. Like I don't, I, I don't, I haven't heard it with women. I guess I'm sure they're going to start using it, but I feel like that's not. It's gonna be called something else, like Interesting. Uh, mm. runners. Like um, we have, you have leggings for women, and it's mm. performance tights for men. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, that's just how I see it. No, mm-hmm. you, you got a point. I mean, yeah, they may try to find some other vernacular mm. that'll. Like for women, it's it's a rest day. <laughs> <laughs> she she was just tired. <laughs> take, a take, take take a load off. Um, before we wrap up, I know Aaron, you guys, but I want to acknowledge something I think is very significant. Um, December 24th is the 50th anniversary of Kurt Flood mm-hmm. writing his famous letter to uh, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn. Uh, he had just been traded. He was a you know, 12-year veteran, a, I think a seven-time gold glover, and he had been traded from St. Louis to Philly, mm-hmm. and he refused to go. And he wrote a letter to Bowie County Commissioner. Said, "I am not a uh, I'm not a piece of meat. I'm, I'm not quoting the letter directly, but I'm not a piece of meat to be traded against my wishes." Mm-hmm. And it was a very eloquent letter. And that was basically the shot heard around the world that began free agency. Absolutely. And December, the letter was dated. In fact, I was over at the Players Association office today, and I saw I saw the original letter. Wow. And it was December uh, 24th of 1969. Wow. And Marvin Miller was just, Marvin Miller, who was the head of the Players Association, who actually represented Kurt Flood, was just inducted, finally, right. into the Baseball right. Hall of Fame after a 50-year thing. And it was still only the Veterans Committee at this point to vote for him, And it was still a 12 to 9 vote. Wow. There were still, there were still nine close? people who, and, and I think That's that, there are people who still, all the people talk about free agency and all that. Mm-hmm. I think there are still people who have never forgiven Kurt Flood or Marvin Miller oh, you can believe it. for putting this system into place that actually, and, and it's a great thing that Garrett Cole just signed with the Yankees for like a trillion dollars, and he actually acknowledged Kurt Flood. Wow, right? he did. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've been writing pieces about this. I think that Flood, that's one of the great injustices Absolutely. that this man, because there was no free agency in anything. That's right. In anything, that's right. basketball, nothing. That's right. And this guy basically ruined, I mean, he basically put his career on the line. 
on on the line because yeah. they said it's over. Like with yeah. Kaepernick, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's over for you, buddy. He martyred himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. So I'm happy to see that. I'll be writing about that, by the way. Uh, um, well, you wonder how many <laughs> how many athletes even know about Kirk Flood? How many young athletes even know about him? Zilch. Yeah, and and yeah, because and how much and they care. Him. So I'm don't glad care. To, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they're cold. But what interesting thing? So I was talking to Tony Clark, who is the executive director of the Players Association. And we talk, you know, for my, for my thing, history only is important unless it connects to today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so. He was saying how analytics has really taken over baseball by a lot. He said that the how what what analytics has done is basically devalued the human element, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, so anybody can be replaced, and not whether you're a good clubhouse guy and all that, and so. It dawned on me that in 1969, Kurt Flair said, I'm not a piece of meat. But in 2019, somebody cried, I'm not, I'm more than a number. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's that same thing of inhumanity, not acknowledging your humanity, mm-hmm. that still is still prevalent. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing is, for the young player, like you were saying, who knows about him? Well, you need to know about him as a way of, of, of finding out what the defense is today. You know, what what you need to be aware of today. This is what it was in 69, mm-hmm. but now this is what it is in 2019 where you're making a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they still see you the same way, even worse. They they just see you as a number. Mm-hmm. And, well, we could replace Aaron because our analytics said that she works these many hours, but we could get this person for less. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? So he said it's almost more insidious mm-hmm. than it was then. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, – Interesting. It's very you, you, you just the whole point is with the quarterback, whatever, you just have to continue to be diligent yeah. to me. Yeah. You know. And you see yeah. it in the NBA. The NBA is is getting more analytics driven. Um, you know, I'll make the argument that that's one of the reasons Carmelo Anthony was out of the league for for a year or so, because people just jumped on this this analytics bandwagon looking at numbers saying, Oh, well, his defensive percentage of you know how he did against the pick and roll and you know it it took away you know you can you can use numbers to tell different stories exactly right Mm -hmm. so if you don't if you don't want a person in in the league or or a bunch of people in the league you can you can use numbers in that way right 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 Right. yeah and even in the nba so man you brothers they talk about luca dante says you guys better be careful man you know as this game goes global you know what that means that, that means, because, I mean, the thing is, we, we've just, I mean, a lot of times talk about racism and all that. And if you think people are just happy that the league is like 79% black or the NFL is not, people tolerate it because it's making money. But if you think people are like overjoyed about that and you just keep listening to the the language about it, how this guy, you know, like the Joe Burrow, I'm joking about Joe Burrow, kind of joking about Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. But you listen to this stuff, man, and I think... When you have a bunch of millennials who don't study history, you know, just like we did. I mean, you, you know, and you have to, you know, it's just like why your coach puts you in the film room so you can watch game film, mm-hmm. you know, so you can prepare for the game ahead. So on that happy note, we can <laughs> just pay, yeah, pay attention. Yeah, just pay, yeah, just pay right. attention. Be, what is it, be woke? Yes, well, Aaron, do you have something? Um, I know that this is sort of a Christmas segment, but you normally have a segment called Trip and Chat. Mm-hmm. 
So do you have anything for us today? I do actually have questions for the for the group. Um, have you all heard of the term black famous? Black famous? I've not heard. No. No. no so it's no. A, it's been on I forgot who actually coined it, but it's basically um, who who are who's famous to black people that other people might not know, like especially like white people. Mm. So mm. it's been going around on Twitter, like mm. who's black famous? So uh, Bamani Jones, our colleague at ESPN, said Donny Hathaway is black famous. Like we all know him, but I don't know how mm. well he's known. So I'm wondering for you all, who do you think is black famous? Hmm. That's a good question. Good question. I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I I was thinking about that the other day. I was in, in the reverse mm. because I'm listening to NPR or something, and they're raving about this white artist and how she changed, revolutionized, whatever. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Right. You know, I mean, I never, I, I don't know the person, right. but they were like, like, like. It happens to so, me all the time. Yeah. Like, if I'm talking to a, a white friend of mine, and they name like someone popular, you know, in pop culture, I do not know the person. And sometimes I may know the name, but I, you know, a lot of times I don't. You know, I'm just like, and I just, you know, I just accept it. Right. You know, I'm just right. like, I, you know, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you know, but but you know, same way, like I could, you know, I could name people that. That they that I think are famous that they don't know, right. so it is there is a, a serious divide. Yeah, I guess I do know know, know black famous. You know, uh, I guess I do know someone. You know, who? Lerone, Lerone, Lerone Bennett, Lerone Bennett. Mm-hmm. I think would mm-hmm. be considered uh, not uh, a popular name among all Americans, white right. and black, but among black folks, you know, mm-hmm. he would be considered uh, famous. Right, right. So Lerone, the historian. Uh, a journalist, a journalist, a journalist who wrote for a senior editor and then an executive editor at Ebony Magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wrote the, uh, actually the uh, first book on uh, slavery uh, before before the Mayflower. Be, called Before the Mayflower, and uh, it was it was uh, written about uh, slavery before. The uh, date of slavery being brought, uh, slaves being brought to America was actually um, uh, recorded. Uh, he established the date 1619, I believe, and mm. before the Mayflower, mm. and, and this is the, the 500th anniversary uh, uh, this year. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. also wrote um, a great book on Lincoln called uh, "Forced into Glory." Right, force, 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 force into glory by Lincoln. Right, now. <laughs> right. So, so he's just one example yeah. of uh, somebody of whom, uh, if you were to say uh, to one of your one of your friends who, uh, you know, in the Caucasian community, you know, would you happen to know Lerone Bennett? You could probably say, no. "Who's that?" Right. Who's that? But I, I still, who he, who he is, I, you know? black actors, like if, you know, any, you know, in in quote unquote black movies. You know, like a Morris Chestnut and, and people or like Mantan that. Mantan Moreland. Yeah, you know, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't really think, you know, people know. Black <laughs> folks know who Mantan Moreland is. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all fit Cotto. Scatman, <laughs> Scatman Carruthers. Comedians, right. black comedians. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pick Meat Market. Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley. Yeah, right. Mom's Mabley. Right. But I wonder if, go ahead. You go and walk up, walk up to Survivor League, uh, a person, in, you know, in the Caucasian race, say, "Would you happen to know who Mantan Moore is?" <laughs> <laughs> Blow their minds, you know. <laughs> right, right. But I don't know. I wonder if um, uh, Ella Baker is black famous because I feel like yes. when it, when yeah. you talk about, I wouldn't say so. No, no. no? 
No, I think I think uh, I think the white white community know who she is. Sometimes I wonder if black people know who she is. Like well, I feel like everybody maybe black folks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Well, <coughs> that that could be a lot of. That's a long. No, that's that's, why yeah. I, actually, I don't think that that's a flippant remark on my part. No, no, no you're right. Folks no. may not know who Ella Baker is, and that's the, but I bet a whole so bunch edu- of white folks do. So educate, you know, edu- um, bro. Tell me who Ella Baker is. Oh, Ella Baker was uh, involved in the civil rights movement in the North. She, she, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That uh, she uh, made a lot of things happen uh, uh, to get uh, uh, motivate a lot of folks here in this part of the country mm-hmm. to help out with uh, the Southern uh, Leadership uh, the Christian Leadership Conference, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the way of philanthropy, and also uh, to uh, 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 sort of gather together people like uh, William Sloan Coffin at uh, Riverside Church and others. Uh, uh, the- Theodore Heschel at uh, at uh, oh. the- uh, uh, Jewish Theological uh, to uh, uh, get behind the civil rights movement. Uh, she was very instrumental. She was like a uh, a lieutenant up here in the north, you know, to uh, to 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 to, to uh, get the forces from this part of the country involved in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. I would add she was part of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, right. and she was at odds a little bit with uh, Martin Luther King about like the kind of theory of how change happens, because he was very much like there's there's one leader that's going to lead everybody, and I think she thought it would leaders. She thought the community could there are many leaders, right. and she's about empowering them. And so I also I feel like maybe if she didn't get as much play, it's because I mean she not she she was like I'm not on, I don't think she was not on Martin's team, but they didn't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Monita Sleep might be black famous. You know, Monita Sleep again. You know, was the first another one of our colleagues at Ebony. But Monita Sleep was the first black photographer to win a Pulitzer Prize. Mm. He and, was actually the first black journalist to win a Pulitzer mm. Prize, photographer or writer, reporter. Mm. Yeah, he was the first black journalist to win one. And um, the BBC recently uh, did a, a profile of him historical profile uh, saying uh, uh, here's a, uh, a great uh, photographer uh, photojournalist of whom uh, no one's ever heard of you know it was just maybe a couple of months ago wow the BBC did something on yeah. a great a great african-american journalist that no one seems to know yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah. yeah so I don't know so I think to your, your question is a, is a great question but I think white people tend to know more about our stuff sometimes mm-hmm. than we know about yeah. a about their stuff and sometimes about our stuff too. And, def- and even even you were talking historically, like important historical figures. But even pop culture wise, they tend to know more <laughs> of our stuff than we know of their stuff. Like 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 because I was their saying stuff before, like, they're so important. You know, they're popular movies out now. I'm not checking out. Like, I didn't watch Friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But mm-hmm. White people know who the who the top hip hop artist is, you know they're they're in tune with us. Well, because with, to, to me is, you think they did you think they knew Amos and Andy? The yeah, people. yeah, because Amos and Andy it was their creation. <laughs> they were initially white. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, right. Like the radio people were, were, were the radio Amos and Andy were white, right, right. and they were damn funny too. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to that brother. You you, you listen to that brother. 
<laughs> which, which episode? Speaking the Brad Chinchilla? I'm ashamed to say. But Speaking hey, of that. You should run home with water. You remember in Living Color? Uh, with Keenan Ivory Waynes and uh, the Waynes brothers, the mm-hmm. and uh, who came out of that was Jim Car- Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the other day he and Jennifer Lopez, he, and Jennifer Lopez. Oh, really? Really? Choreographer. Yeah. The choreographer. And Car- Jim Carrey was he was accepting an award somewhere, and he and he said, you know, I was first recognized by these by these like I think he said something about like these these black geniuses or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, something like that. These black geniuses said, recognized yeah. me. Before any, you know, you know, I wasn't. That's how I got my first acting role in a in a movie, mm-hmm. in Ace right. Ventura. You know, it was was because you know Keen Ivory Waynes and these and these black guys recognized my talent. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's well, the type of thing too. Because I, at the time, th- those people were black famous. Like even Keen Ivory Waynes right. back then was black famous. Right. 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 You know? Well, you know, the first time I saw, um, remember the Richard Pryor special, the Richard Pryor special. Oh yeah. Except, and who was the, he had Sarah Bernhardt. Yeah, was on that his show, yeah. and who's the uh, um, Paul Mooney was Paul Mooney, but the white guy, you know, the uh, great uh, who killed himself, the great uh, comedian. Oh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. He he he, he discovered Robin Williams. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Robin, they did a they did a take on uh, mm-hmm. uh, Inherit the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> Skip Inherit the Wind. And, yeah. And he was he was. Uh, oh yeah. Right. Was, was right. that what was he? Well, was he the lawyer? Right. 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 <laughs> he was a lawyer. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was great. So. Yeah. But good job, man. Do you have anything else for us for you? I mean, I was debating um, Kim Kardashian. There's a new. Uh, I'll have to. I'll pull it up. But there's a. Uh, she did a cover shoot for a fashion magazine, mm-hmm. and she looked. She's being accused of blackface. Like she looks black, I and, it's, seen this. and I'm just kind of like, I don't understand. Like, what do you? I, what do you mean she looks black? Oh, I, um, listeners, you should go check it out. But I'm going to share the tweet with my my colleagues okay. because it's is important. It, is it a makeup that she put on, or is it Photoshop, or, or what? I'm still learning because I, I've mm. been, it's been circulating for like the past couple days, and I'm just I'm just kind of like. You're, you have mixed children. You're married to a black man. I know mm. debatable Kanye, but still, <laughs> like, come on. Hold on. I'll pass it around. <laughs> Unreal. It's funny that she, she's actually late in, in that game, and that is uh, Jennifer Aniston did uh, a cover for In Style magazine where she's actually uh, darker than uh, my wife. Wow. Um, and my wife is African American. <laughs> so wow, Jennifer Aniston, Aniston, yeah, the actress. Uh, she, so, did, she did an orange, uh, more than an orange job, like uh, Trump. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so oh I, wow. So I wonder if that if that is the editor's doing. Yeah, because she's denying it, but I'm like. You know, I mean, I'm. I mean, I don't. She know does look how like a black woman, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally, totally. I, I mean, that, it looks intentional, whether it was her oh, or the editors. Wow. But it looks intentional to me. I wow. mean, in terms of everybody wants to be black. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, seriously. I mean, a lot of I know a lot of white people who want to be. They want to be the type of the black, not the black who gets stopped by the police. <laughs> Right. Or the black who doesn't get the job, <laughs> or the black who gets doesn't get the promotion. They want to be the black, like you know, the hip, you know, the swag, the cool, the you know what makes us us. They want that part. 
right. but not the shit that it takes to get that. Yeah. Not the real blood. No, right. right. She, she's saying it's day. the lighting. She said it's the lighting that makes her look darker. I'm like, that's a lot. Looks that's a lot good, good, good lighting. Uh, good lighting choice. Yeah, then. yeah lighting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure that wasn't unintentional. Yeah, lighting. Oh yeah, there's the Photoshop setting. Lighting. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, folks. That's all I have. Well, here's <coughs> thank you, thank you, Eric. Check that out. Way darker. Oh, wow. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, when was this? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't even look like herself. And, and, uh, wow. truth be told, she looks better. <laughs> right, right. I was going to say, <laughs> Kim Kardashian was like pretty good. She'd be over fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when, what was that from? Or what? Oh, In Style magazine. Well, how long ago was that? Maybe four months ago. All right. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I just wanted to make a quick, um, I had I referred to Joe Burrow as poor earlier. I actually don't know if he's poor. I just know he's from. He says he's from an impoverished area. Yeah, well, see now that you said I'm from an impoverished area, I'm from Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he's from Southeast Ohio. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I just want to put because I know people are sensitive yeah, about but that. You just, so you said he's poor. But I, see, but see, I'm not. But you've been a journalist. So you're a journalist. So you kind of like you fell for it, Aaron. I, I just want to acknowledge that Thank I don't you. actually know if he's that poor. he's poor. I'm like, wait a minute. I've never heard that story. Because if, if that boy was you would hear about it. They had like the little banjo and they go back to the trailer, you know, where his, you know. He's not that poor. Nah. And, he may own, they may own the camp. They may own the RV camp. <laughs> and also, um, I want to say there are, there are three uh, black coaches in the NFL. Who? It's, Who? it's Mike Tomlin, right. Anthony Lynn, and Brian Flores. Yeah, That's right. who okay. and Anthony Lynn, who I saw on a list today, um, I think it was SB Nation put out a well, somebody from SB Nation put out a list saying five coaches on the hot seat, and they had Anthony Lynn number four, and I'm like, didn't he just win 12 games last year? Wasn't he 12 and four last year? They're, you know, they're not good this year because uh, Bill blames Philip Rivers. Who else you go? But uh, you know, twelve and f- he was twelve and four. I think he was ninety-seven before. So that, you know, that's pretty. Well, and he's, he's had one, he's had one bad year this year. I don't see how he's on the hot seat, mm-hmm. or should be on. The hot Remember, seat. they fired the Denver coach. Well, okay, we're about to wrap up. They fired the Denver coach after one after one season. Right, but Lynn has proven. You know, he was a twelve and some guy. Uh, you fire a guy after one year. He, you know, he had a bad year. You, of course, you didn't give him a chance, but you, can, you can't say he had any, any success. See, but they're Lynn building that new success. stadium. See, that's the problem. They're building a new gazillion-dollar stadium. Right. So they said, well, can we have a black man, you know, in that, you know, it'd be like Moses. You know, like, you, take us, you take us right to the edge. <laughs> we'll take it from here. We got it. We got it from here. Thanks. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, on that note, <laughs> any last words, anybody? No. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just say ha- Happy New Year to everybody. Yes. Yes. Happy, yeah. New Year. Yes. happy holidays. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Happy holidays. Yes, indeed. Yep. And we'd like to thank everybody. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Ozier, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, Aaron, thank you very much. Always a blast with you guys. <laughs> and uh, you know, we look forward to uh, you know seeing everybody in 2020. Uh, and uh, you know, have a blessed New Year, healthy, happy, and uh, you know, think black. <laughs> but listen, we want white people to listen too now. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. God bless. All right. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.